Let's pray. Oh Lord God, we pray you would send your spirit upon us this day, the same spirit you sent upon your son to make your word flesh and live among us. May we hear the voice of Jesus today and come away changed. We pray this in his name. Amen. Well, sometimes I think there are two different New Year's here in Canada. Yes, there's the official start of a new calendar year on January 1st, but that's in the dead of winter after the briefest of pauses around Christmas. It doesn't always feel at that point as something, as a start of something new. On the other hand, the start of a new school year in September always, I think, feels like a new chapter. Now, part of this may be the fact that I went from public school to university to serving in ministry where the church year might as well be the school year. And having kids of my own now, I can't seem to remember a time when the patterns of the school year didn't dictate my life. But even if you don't have school or university-age children, are in school yourself, or work in education, September represents the start of a new season after the very different pace of the Canadian summer. When we've been traveling, when we've been to cottages, when we've been going at a different pace. And because it is effectively a new year, it's a good time to pause and look at how we got here and where we're headed. We started this last week by renewing our focus on our vision as a church, opening doors to Jesus, to our neighbors, to go into the world. This is a vision that we started work on a couple years ago, and after prayer and discussion among the elders as well as in the congregation as a whole, it's a vision we adopted as a church this time last year. This vision grew out of the vision that guided the renewal of our church building and the realization that this image of opening doors spoke more than to just the revitalization of the physical structure of the church, but to renew the whole character of us as a church. Now, as Christians, we believe that the renewal of the world and the renewal of each human life begins with Jesus. And therefore, the renewal of the church also begins with Jesus. And therefore, our vision begins with opening doors to Jesus. We will open our doors more fully to Jesus that we may grow in faith and faithfulness to his way. While a Christian church is founded and centered on Jesus, it's easy for us as human beings to get distracted by other things and turn our focus away from Jesus. It's also very easy for us to rely on ourselves, our own strength, our own wisdom and own resources, rather than to rely on Jesus as the one who gives us a hope and a future. That's why it's important for us to open ourselves to the Jesus who bursts onto the scene in the Gospel of Mark announcing God's good news. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The good news is that God has come near to us in Jesus to show us he loves us and to begin the transformation and healing of this world. If we who call ourselves the church have anything truly distinctive and valuable to offer the world, it can only be Jesus. 
If it is hope, it is the hope found in Jesus as the one who conquers death and suffering and evil. If it is love and community, it is the unique love and quality of community that comes from being in Jesus. If it is healing and renewal, then it's the wholeness and new life Jesus alone can give. If it is service to our neighbors and to the most needy, the power to serve comes from Jesus and the Holy Spirit He pours over us. Whatever the church has to offer the world, it all comes down to Jesus. We need our focus on on Jesus for our own well-being, but also if we want to have something to offer to others. Hence the second sentence on the screen. When our neighbors come through our doors, we want the presence of Jesus to be unmistakable. And if we want our neighbors to come in and experience the same Jesus who gives us life and hope, we have to be intentional about opening our doors to them as well as to Jesus. How do we describe this in our vision? Well, we say we will open our doors more fully to our neighbors in Ancaster so they will come, feel welcome, and join us in our mission to this community. As a church, we've committed ourselves to opening our doors to Jesus and to our neighbors. And the passage we read from the Gospel of Mark is a perfect illustration of how all this goes together. As I said earlier, it's the second half of the whirlwind introduction to Jesus' ministry at the start of Mark. It begins with the words we looked at a moment ago. Jesus arrives announcing God's kingdom, full of the Holy Spirit. God's new world of hope and life is at hand. Jesus then gathers his first followers, two sets of brothers, on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. James and John and Simon called Peter and Andrew. They go into the main town there on the shore where their house is, a place called Capernaum. And on the next Sabbath, the day of rest and worship, Jesus performs an amazing show of his wisdom and his power in the local house of prayer. He teaches like no other. And he frees a man from spiritual oppression in front of everyone. And after that remarkable introduction, he goes to the house of Andrew and Simon Peter. His next act is to help the mother-in-law of his new friends and followers. He brings healing to this house, and he makes it his home. And when we look at the rest of the Gospel of Mark, we find that the house of Simon, Peter, and Andrew becomes Jesus' home for the duration of his ministry. It's the only place that is called Jesus' home. This is where he returns to at the end of each journey around the countryside. Jesus might withdraw during those journeys to the wilderness to pray. But this is where Jesus goes when the journey is done. Mark explicitly says that this house and this family of Simon, Peter, his wife, his mother-in-law, his brother Andrew, and whoever else was his family and his home. Now this, of course, means that this is the place where people know they can find Jesus. And that's what happens right away on that first Sabbath in Capernaum. People follow Jesus back to his home. 
That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. A key point here is that when people arrived at the house of Peter and Andrew, the door was open. They didn't keep Jesus to themselves. Indeed, they knew from the moment that he called them to be his disciples that the mission was to reach other people and welcome them into God's kingdom, to spread the net and gather people to come home, even if that meant opening the door of their own physical house. Now, that's not to say it wasn't a challenge to do this. I doubt that any members of that household went to sleep at a reasonable hour that first night. But that would hardly be the worst of it. In a story that happens two chapters later, there's another huge crowd gathered at the door. The friends of a paralyzed man are there, and they can't get through the crowd to see Jesus. So what happens? They climb up on the roof of the house and dig a hole to let their friend through. It's a remarkable story of faith and healing. But how often do we think about how Peter and Andrew felt? Or Peter's wife... And mother-in-law, what are you doing to my house? You can imagine. A bunch of guys just turned up and punched a hole in their ceiling. That's, that's not the door they were really thinking of opening when they first invited Jesus to stay. Yet in that moment, it was needed so that somebody in need could come in and encounter Jesus in their midst. And this is where our vision as a church becomes a challenge to us, having our doors wide open and being a church that extends a Christ-like welcome means more than just taking down walls and putting up clear glass. These things help because they send the right message to our neighbors. But becoming truly welcoming in a Christ-like sense is something that comes at a cost and probably involves more sacrifice than we thought at the beginning. For one thing, it means accepting that the minute we open our doors and offer our house to Jesus, it's no longer our house anymore. It doesn't belong to us. It becomes a home for Jesus and a gateway for people to be drawn to Jesus, to encounter Jesus, be healed by Jesus. It means the old house rules don't apply anymore. They're replaced by the law of Jesus and his kingdom. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the commandments and the prophets hang on these two commandments. If we are to love the Son of God who has come to live in our midst, we must also learn how to love our neighbors as ourselves. We are called to think of their needs as much as we think of our own needs. We are called to consider what will make them feel at home as well as what makes us feel at home. We're called to remember that our neighbors may be different from us, indeed quite different from us. And to make them feel at home, we will have to do things differently than we are used to. This is a challenge because this means that we need to think of people who are not here yet 
as we make decisions as a church. It can be hard enough to be mindful of the needs of everybody in the room when we make decisions as a community to really see everyone gathered there and think of them as we think of ourselves. But if we are true to be our, to our calling, we must also be mindful of people who for the moment are somewhere out there. How do we do this? How do we think of the needs of people we can't even see or might not even know yet? Well, how about we start by thinking of some of the people that we do see and do know already. I suspect that most of us who are engaged in this church have people in our lives who we wish were with us here in the church today. There are people we have prayed to see beside us in worship or at the table during coffee hour. Perhaps it's a friend. Perhaps it's an adult child or grandchildren. Perhaps it's a sister or a brother, a niece or a nephew. Perhaps it's a parent. Perhaps they live by or maybe they don't. Perhaps they don't even live in Ancaster at all or the city of Hamilton. But you hope that one day, one day they might find their home in a church near where they do live and will come and join you here when they visit because they don't do that now. Now think of how you would like them to be welcomed at a church where they live. How you would want them to be received. You would want them to be received warmly and to feel like they were thought of before they even arrived. You would want there to be programs and groups for them. You would want them to connect meaningfully with that worship service when they turn up for that first Sunday. You would want them to feel like this church is a place where their gifts and talents will be valued and put to use. There are people like this right now in our local community who we don't know. But they're just like the people we would like to see and come to know Jesus. And all the church has to offer them when we are at their, our very best. And to welcome our neighbors, we must truly love them as much as we love ourselves and be intentional about doing everything we can to make them welcome. Even if it means we don't go to sleep until long after dark. Even if it means strange people keep showing up at the door at all hours. Even if it means someone digs through the roof to get to Jesus. Or puts a dent in the wall or scuffs the floor or moves the furniture around. Because this building and community isn't just our house. It's a home where our neighbors can find Jesus. Whether it's on a Sunday morning, during the week. And we are called to make them feel welcome. Now there is a, a, another side to this as well. As I just said, and as many of you know, Jesus didn't spend most of the three years of his ministry inside the house of Peter and Andrew. Jesus spent most of his time on the road and came home only to rest and recharge. Indeed, Jesus had only been in his new home for a very short time when he got up and walked past the edge of the town before dawn to pray for guidance on what to do next. 
Simon and his companions went to look for him. When they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. Jesus wasn't there just to cultivate and sustain a small group gathered in one house. He came to go into the world and announce the good news of God's kingdom. That the time has come for healing and transformation. That the time has come for life instead of death. The time has come for hope instead of fear. There's good news and it's for everyone. And the reality then is is the reality now. That while some people will come to us. To one particular house to find good news, hope and healing in Jesus. In most cases Jesus will need to go to them. And this is what Jesus came to do. And it's what his disciples are called to do. It's why he called them to be apostles, which is just a word that means those who are sent out. Those who are sent out with a mission. And the reality is that here in Canada today, if we want to welcome people here in worship on a Sunday, or over a meal and discussion at Alpha on a Wednesday, we need to go out. We need to get to know people, care for them. And when the time is right and the Spirit shows us the way to bring them here, to invite them to come where they can know Jesus more fully. And this is why our vision is to do more than just open doors to welcome people in. We open doors to go out. We will go through our open doors to serve our neighbors, to show them the love of Jesus Christ and share the good news of God's kingdom. The glass doors and walls of our new entrance do more than just let our neighbors see in. These glass doors and walls allow us to see out. And that is is a, a bit of a new discipline for a lot of us in the church, to really look out, to look out and love the people there the way we love ourselves, the way that Jesus loves us. And so as we go into this new season, as we come in and as we go out through these doors, to keep our vision in mind, as we come in to see all the ways that we would want to be welcomed if we were here for the first time. And as we go out, to go out with our eyes open, to see the people we meet, see the people we know in our everyday lives as people that Jesus loves as much as he loves us. To go with our vision in mind. May it guide us as we seek to serve the kingdom of God. Amen.